0: Eight guys on the line of scrimmage. They roll out to the right. Gavin throws for Simon in the end zone. Five-yard West Branch touchdown.
1: Oh, What a
0: play. Great play call. Great play call. 39 seconds remain. Bears take a 28 to 21 lead. Head straight drop back to pass. Throws across the middle and Thad goes up for the interception. That's two weeks in a row. Back-to-back weeks as he drops into coverage. Comes up with the pick at the 46 and the Bears are going to win.
2: Oh, what an exciting call that was on WestBranchFootball.com's BearCats last Friday night. Stephen Grace on the call. Of course, he's joining us right now, Stephen, When you come up, be- before we introduce the, well, tell you what, it's the Talking Bear Football Podcast.
1: Right here on WestBranchFootball.com.
2: You know, you've been doing this a while with announcing high school sports and, of course, Iowa wrestling. Do you really have a plan in that moment, or does, is it just, it happens you react.
0: It happens and you react. I mean, I've heard from, you know, different people over the years. The second that you start to plan how a play is going to go, it goes completely different and you (laughs) start bumbling. So, I mean, we were talking in the timeout heading into that play. It's like, man, do we just run this between the tackles, keep it centered up, let the clock run down and, you know, let Fed come out, kick a field goal, win by three. And, you know, if I'm in my brain sitting there ready for that, then I'm saying and Gavin hands off to the left. Oh, no. uh, Oh, uh, well, now he's. Oh, they. Hey, we scored a touchdown. So you just. You have it in your brain that here's some different potential things that could happen, but you really just let it come to you as the moment is unfolding and just describe what you're seeing on the play on the field.
2: And boy, did it come to fruition all in spades for West Branch on Friday night. Specifically in the second half, what an overall wonderful team performance. We'll certainly recap that here shortly. Final score, West Branch 28, Durant 21. I'll flip it over to you, Matt. And wow, it was fun how we got there. The ebb and flow of high school football was certainly on hand Friday night.
1: I think that was one of the most exciting games I've, you know, that I can remember at least in the past few seasons. I usually can't remember much, but um this one was this one was pretty memorable um, and exciting. Kind of diving into the game, you know, I think one of the bigger stories of the game is at least for me is the offensive line play in the second half. Uh they dominated. Um and they just wore Durant down. And, you know, very specifically diving into some numbers here, in the second half, of the 35 plays that the offensive unit was on the field, so not including punting, uh, 27 of those were runs. And on the Bears' final scoring drive, there were 11 plays and 10 of them were runs. And, of course, the only pass being the go-ahead score from uh, Hirschman to Palmer. Um, but they that offensive line just dominated that second half. And the Bears' running game just put that game—I mean, they, they came back— and put that game away. Um, it was quite the quite the spectacle to see kind of unfolding in front of us. Yeah. Um, and and I think just in general, the offense, um, nothing flashy, but just dominated that second half. And, you know, for example, final scoring drive, you know, the Bears faced three third downs and two fourth downs. And, you know, they were successful in one way or another on those to keep that final you know, 11-play drive, thats final scoring drive, 11-play uh, drive alive. Um, but yeah, and then the defense. I mean, what do we say at this point? They've just been doing this all season. Um, you know, very specifically, including, uh, I think I did my math here correctly, but including penalty yardage, Bears allowed just 11 yards in the second half is what I counted. That's uh, correct. Including four three-and-out drives. Yeah.
2: One sixty-three to eleven was the total yardage in the second half. Of course, West Branch one sixty-three. And Matt said it. They kind of did some. What did you say before your our eyes, Matt? What was the quote?
1: I just how the offensive domination, like the offensive line domination, was just unfolding before
2: her eyes. Okay. In the second half. There you go. And to play on that, and we'll flip it over to you, Stephen. Speaking of right in front of our eyes, you know, all year, Coach Peterson, Coach Hirschman et al. has talked about the youth of this football team, how it's a very, it's a younger football team than West Branch has had on the field in many years. Well, talk about before our eyes, perhaps when you look at this performance by an Andy Henson carrying the football and some of his other sophomore and underclassmen teammates they're starting to grow up and mature on a football field right before our eyes.
0: You're seeing that, you're seeing them understand, you know, what it takes to be physical, to be aggressive, to fine tune and look at those little things. But also, I mean another thing that we had talked about during the broadcast, you know, you've got Durant pinned down deep, you know, right before a little bit to go in the second quarter. It's like Okay, we just scored. We've got them pinned inside the 25-yard line. We're up 13 to 7. Let's get a stop. There's 4 minutes to go. We'll drive down, we'll put points on the board again, go up by two scores, get the ball back to start the second half and just really start to open this game up. Boom, we give up a big play, give up a touchdown. We have to punt it. It's a short punt. Give up another big play, give up a touchdown. So instead of us going up by two scores early in the second half or three scores early in the second half, we find ourselves down by eight points going into halftime. And I said, you know, this is really going to be a big challenge too, of you just had basically four and a half minutes of demoralizing football where you gave up two or three big plays, you gave up two touchdowns, you saw a lead turn into an eight point deficit. How do you respond? How do you go in and understand it's still only a one score game? It's only an eight point deficit. And how do you listen to the coaches, make those little adjustments and say, here's what we need to do to attack this defense a little more effectively and be able to come down and get those points on the scoreboard. And it seemed like they were able to do that. Those are the things that as we get into the postseason, of course, not looking past Beckman at all because they're a great team on the horizon, but you know, you get into that postseason and it's, we don't really know who our opponent's going to be till a week before. So you might have to make those adjustments in the second and third and fourth quarters as you start to see how they truly play in-game action. So uh, being able to see that and put it to fruition at the same time. I mean, it's one thing to say, okay, coach, I understand. It's another thing to say, coach, I understand. Now I'm going to do it.
2: Right. And Matt, here in a little bit, is going to go quarter by quarter and scoring drives and everything. And you're going to hear a little bit of what I'm going to say here, and maybe I'll throw it back to you, Matt, after this is this. Stephen talked about how there was that four-minute stretch, three, four-minute stretch, how it went from, all right, the doggies are rolling to, uh-oh, what's going on here? There, you know, there's trouble, trouble in paradise. Look back at West Branch, goes ahead seven to zero. Has Durant in a third and long. Feels like they have a quarterback sacked. Have him around the ankles. He's going towards the ground. And he just flips it out to a to a guy in a blue jersey, black jersey, just so happens to be wide open because his defender left him, and he I couldn't tell you him. what
0: number that guy was though.
2: I was right, I was within five feet of him, and I couldn't tell you. Well, maybe five yards, I should <laughs> say, because I wasn't, I wasn't past the co- outside the coaching box. So, uh, and it was just crazy. You're like, yeah, what just happened? And then two plays later, boom, they're in the end zone, and it's a ball, and it could go from. Maybe switching over, West Branch goes down and scores to go 14 to now, wow.
1: Jason, a question for you. Stephen was talking about you know making those <clears throat> adjustments at halftime and executing on them. Assuming you were with the team at halftime, what was said? I mean, of course, PG and translated, but uh, what was said?
2: Yeah, so first of all, obviously, there was a challenge. There was a challenge to these kids that said, they, they talked about how if you look at the scoring, and again, you're going to go through it, and Stephen talked about it a little bit. Three first-half touchdowns for Durant basically came on just three plays. Three big plays. You, you know, If you take away one of those plays, it's a different game, but you can't do that. It's 2020. Things are going to happen. Kind of funny. But you take away some of those big plays, and you look at each one of those plays, and you probably found a breakdown somewhere defensively, a simple thing. And that's really what the coaches talked about. They said, you guys, we've got you. In, you're in position we are playing a good game defensively but we've got to stick to our keys and stick to our assignments that was the challenge Matt. and i think that the they said if you come out and you stick with those keys play to your assignments we're going to put you in the right position with the with the calls at Tyler coach Tyler Bailey who by the way uh steak sandwiches for 5 years oh shit <laughs> that if you do that if you follow what we're doing we we feel like we have a good grasp on this then you're going to be in this game and the offense is going to get some points and we're going to win it. And then once you know it, that's exactly what happened, Matt.
1: Yeah. And how they got there to that 28-21 victory. Um, let's go into the scoring. So scoring got started in the first quarter with an Andy Henson eight yard touchdown run. Um, I believe that drive was set up by a Peyton Miller um, punt that fielded already in West Branch territory. And then Took it down to the twelve. And yeah, it was about
0: a 20, 20 or twenty five yard return, I think. But we had pinned. That was after we pinned him back inside the one.
1: Yeah, and Andy Henson punt down to the one. So, yeah, just two two Andy Henson runs later, the Bears were in the were off and running seven nothing, uh, still in the first. Uh, Durant tied it on a on a Keegan head one yard quarterback sneak uh, for a touchdown. So seven seven at that point. Second quarter. Oh man, this play was <laughs> this play was fun on a fourth and seventeen. Uh, Gavin Hirschman threw it to Peyton Miller who then lateraled it to Kinnick Belk and for a total of a 20-yard gain uh, to give the Bears a first down and to keep that drive alive uh Gavin Hirschman and keep
2: that play in mind later we'll talk about that some some significance of it okay
1: and Gavin Hirschman you know finished it off finished the fun as Steven says there you go uh, with a one-yard quarterback sneak for the touchdown
0: uh Somebody does listen to me every now and again. It's yeah. amazing. <laughs> I
1: tune you out most of the time, but I, I get you. I get you some of some of the time there. Uh, the PAT attempt was uh, missed there, so thirteen to seven. That was a twelve-play, fifty-six-yard drive. Just the Bears really just had a few of those uh, Friday night, just really long, sustained drives where they just moved methodically, moved their way down the field. Um, and I, that's what I really like about. Really like about this team. Uh, still in the second quarter, Durant seventy-five yard touchdown pass and catch from head to Aiden Flockhart. So it was then fourteen to thirteen. At that point, Durant uh, took the lead. Uh, then just maybe just Durant's next possession, I think it was, had another uh, another touchdown for him on a uh, one-yard quarterback sneak. So twenty-one to thirteen, Durant at that point. You know that was what you guys just talked about how. Steven was saying, you know, let's get these guys stopped. Let's get this ball back before halftime. Go down and score and get it for the second half. And boom, just total flip, uh, flip of the cards there. Um, and Durant pulled ahead 21-13. No scoring in the in the third quarter. Uh, but fourth quarter is really where it got fun, and the Bears started to mount their comeback. Andy Henson rushed. Um you Bears had uh down near the goal line, rushed it from the four yard. Four-yard line to the one, fumbled it. Thankfully, Cash Woody was right there in the end zone to, to fall on that football uh, for the touchdown. And then uh two-point conversion. Gavin Hirschman uh, looked like an option play. I don't know whether it was really an option or a design to keep it for Gavin. But regardless, he got in for the two-point conversion. So tied at 21 with 941 left in the game. Uh, with less than a minute left, 39 seconds left in the game. As you heard in the intro, Gavin Hirschman on a third down, third, third and goal from the five, Gavin finds Simon Palmer for a five-yard touchdown play on just a beautiful fake, beautiful play call. Play call. Kale uh, Federlin's PAT was good, twenty-eight to twenty-one West Branch. And then, speaking of Kale Federlin, on uh, Durant's very next uh, ensuing drive, first play, interception to uh, seal the deal.
2: Dick Butkus. Right. <laughs> As Quinn, Quinn said, the, the, the number resembled Dick Buck is 51. So here's what I was going to bring up. And let, it, let the fact be put out there now. I am never going to talk about statistical leaders in the state of Iowa as it pertains to West Branch ever again. <laughs> Go back at every kid that we talked about that was a statistical leader. I'll, I'll name three of them specifically, other than Gavin, with the other three. We talked, of course, we talked about Nolan DeLong. Now, for West Branch fans, that was good news because the state's leading rusher, Stephen, how many yards a game did he average? 223.3. 1,000. And how many did he have on Friday? A 1,000, yes.
0: (laughs) Unofficially, I had him for like 19 or 20 yards.
2: Yep. So, that's about 200 yards off the pace.
0: On 14 carries. So, he was also averaging 12.6 per carry. He was like 1.2 average Friday night.
2: Football math, that is not a first down on a drive if you give him four carries. So, that's the good news, but in other words, but I'll say this, we talked about it, and well, he didn't do very well. I talked about, I uh, said, hey, Matt, let's come back to the significance of that, the uh, pitch and catch, the hook and ladder. What was it What do I want to point out here? Peyton Miller caught the ball. How many, re- how many receptions did he have last week? Just one. Just one? He led the state in receptions, and he had one reception last mm. week, but it was a big play because he doesn't catch that ball. We'll look at the positives. I'm, I'm turning it to a positive. He doesn't catch it. We don't get the pitch. We don't get a first down, and we're going home on the bus on a loss, and we're talking about a completely different scenario for next Friday. But then we talked about uh, Mr. Federland. Now, while he didn't attempt a field goal, and he's still one of the state leaders in that category, he missed his first extra point of the season. So I'm, I'm done talking about state leaders, except for later on in the program, we can bring some things up. We'll go there. But 28-21, the final. Just some fun numbers to talk about. Uh, throw them out there. West Branch, for the second consecutive week, guys, had oh, 15 first downs or more on the ground, rushing the football. Oh, Last week, they had 16, and they had six passing first downs. This week, they had 15 rushing to first downs and five passing first downs. So, starting to develop. A little bit of a trend here, Steven, as we turn as is, is what's that tell you? If you're getting a lot of first downs, what's happening?
0: Your line's starting to come together, your running back's getting it figured out, you're starting to uh, gear up for that playoff football that's gonna be exactly. knockdown drag out.
2: That's exactly right. And looking at the total offensive numbers, West Branch 327, 211 rushing, 116 passing, looking at Durant, 217 total. Steve just talked about how one player was averaging 223 a game. They had 43 yards rushing. But remember last week's podcast we talked about, I brought it up, I know somebody else, I threw the pitch, they knocked it out, how if you're going to be focused on the rushing sooner or later, you can see that 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 the quarterback that averaged 23 yards of completion coming into last week's game can burn you. Well, he only completed five passes, but they all went for about 35 yards each. So he can burn you. When he throws it, it's big play. And it was last Friday night. But the good news, final score was West Branch 28 and Durant 21. Anything else, guys? I
0: just wanted to put a nod in. Uh, Matt, you talked about just seeing that offensive line in that second half. I think the entire game, that defensive line, was just playing phenomenal. I mean, the reason that DeLong was not getting many yards was because our defensive line was creating such havoc in there, and in that second half, Head was zero for seven with that interception at the very end, and that was because he was hearing footsteps. He was having guys converge at him. And final thought: Jack Buell. I mean, he should oh, be you, you player profile. Holy yep. cow, that kid! He was in. I think he had a sack. I think he had, um, you know, three or four other times where he's pressing the quarterback. But the one that got me the most was, I think it was before, it was after we scored to tie the game, Durant has the ball, third down and four, you've got the state leader in rushing, all-state caliber running back, and he's running off tackle on third and four, and Jack played that just phenomenally, and I'm sure Coach Succombe will say, oh well, he did this right or this wrong, but from my, you know, my vantage point, he was able to shuck his defender. He closed the hole down. He greeted the running back in the hole, made the tackle right there. I mean, that was a one on one play, and he won it. And that was just, those are the kinds of plays that this team needs. And, you know, tip of a cap to Jack Buell because he played a phenomenal game on Friday night.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That defensive line, him and Drake Berry and Jeff Bowie, they <laughs> pretty, uh, pretty, pretty crazy. I, You know, I keep you know, every week we kept coming back to the defense, you know, it seems like they did better than last week and I just don't I don't see how they can keep doing that, but uh, I'm glad that they do.
0: (laughs) Well, the comments that Coach Bailey said on the radio with the interview that he'll give to (laughs) Quinny that he never gives to us, he said, you know, you look out here, we don't really have any great defensive players. We have a lot of good defensive players but when all 11 of them do their job and play together, we are a great defense. And I think that just sums it up is you don't have to be the guy that's the superstar and getting all the highlights on TV. You do your job. You take care of business, just like Jack Buell. He closes down the hole. He makes the tackle, you know, things like that. Everybody, all 11 guys, same thing on offense, same team on special teams. If all 11 guys are doing your job, you're going to be in a position to be successful. And that's what this defense in particular, and we're starting to see the offense doing that at a more consistent pace here in these last three or four games as well. And that's what's leading to the success that we've seen in these last three games.
2: That's right. Football's a steak sandwich. You take a bite.
0: I'm going to have to put out <laughs> an offering plate at uh, Main Street Sweets to try to get uh, <laughs> some money for all of those.
2: Oh, speaking of numbers and offerings, Matt, how about offer us up a little bit of a review from around District Five, Class One A.
1: Sure. So yeah, it's getting getting down to it now. Where these games, I mean, all these games matter. Games matter, but we're really paying close attention to everything else that's going on. Um, and that was definitely the case Friday. Uh, Dyersville Beckman defeated Wilton forty-two to thirty. Cascade uh, defeated Northeast Goose Lake. Good to see them back playing again, forty-two to eight. And of course, West Branch defeated Durant twenty-eight to twenty-one so uh, as we head into the last week of the regular season uh, we have Beckman leading the district at four and0 four and one overall uh, Cascade is at three and one and four and two overall West Branch sitting there two and one and four and two overall so those are your three teams that are going to be vying for a district five championship uh, well, maybe a share of or outright, whatever it is, we'll talk about it next. But um, yeah, heading into the heading into week
2: seven. And that is prime, prime property. Speaking of prime real estate, let's hear from our sponsor, Cornerstone Real Estate Consultants.
1: Choose a realtor who knows the territory. Ken and Helen Fawcett of Cornerstone Real Estate Consultants are licensed agents with customer satisfaction being their number one priority. If you're buying or selling a home or property in the West Branch or surrounding area, they can help. Your hometown real estate company with an office in downtown West Branch, Cornerstone Real Estate Consultants. Call them at 643-3344 or log on to janshome.com.
2: You can say that perhaps the Iowa High School Athletic Association has a little bit of a they could see into the future. What do we call What's the word we're looking for there, Stephen? Clairvoyance? Yes. We'll call it clairvoyance. Perhaps they even have a little bit of humor because they think, <laughs> you guys are going to play all these games, but yet you don't realize that the most important one is not just the next game, but the last game of the season. Such is the case And next week's game as West Branch will take on Dyersville Black... Excuse me as West Branch will take on Dyersville Beckman, the Blazers. As Matt just told you a few minutes ago, they are leading Class 1A District 5 with a 4-1 overall record, but more importantly, they are 4 wins, 0 losses in District 5 play and are at the top of the table. West Branch is lurking as far as losses, 1 behind them. But this is the marquee matchup perhaps on the whole state, whole eastern side of the state in Class 1A football. You've got two teams vying for the top of the table at the end of the year and a guaranteed home game in the first round of the playoffs or second round, depending on if you get a bye. Do we have a home stadium? West... Well, who? To, West Branch? Yeah. Yeah. It's I'm trying to remember Cub- what it looks like. Uh, Cubby Park?
0: Cubby. Okay, there you go. <laughs> yes. I was thinking... I, I mean, I just, I don't recall what it looks like. It's been so long since we've been there.
2: Well, I can tell you the good news. The good news is this. Among all the things that will go along with hopefully a West Branch victory on Friday night is they will actually get to see a home playoff game when it comes time and the pods and the schedule come out. But it's going to be a very tall task, gentlemen, because Beckman is basically... When I talked about not wanting to give statistical background, I'm going to give you some. We're, going to, we're all going to talk about Beckman. How outside of West Branch, this is the best offense in Class 1A District 5. And it all starts at the quarterback position, Matt. That's Nick Offerman, who last year as a junior led the district that West Branch was in in total offense. Well, he's back this year, and he's doing it again. He's a special player.
1: Yeah, the senior quarterback, yeah, second-year quarterback. Um, you know, played on varsity in his sophomore year a little bit, but um yeah, these last two years, you know, he's really shown to be um a very integral part to this Blazer team. Um, you know, he's not he's not out there throwing, you know, 70%, you know, 2,000 yards, you know, a high touchdown to to low interception ratio, but he's out there getting things done and and being efficient enough for this team to move the ball down the field and, and win these games, you know, specifically, you know, talking about Offerman, 50% completion rate on the season, about 900 yards, uh, 11 touchdowns, but to six interceptions. Um, but he also leads the team in rushing yards with 300 on 70 carries a season and seven rushing touchdowns. So, um, you know, he's a very integral part to this offense. And, and this is an offense that's not flashy by any means. They have a big offensive line, um, and they just kind of move their way down the field um with a combination of uh Owen H- Hunergarth i think is how you say it Hunergarth I believe so yeah yeah and then wide receiver Trent Colker. um you know those three kind of you know stir the drink for the blazers and you know as i said it's nothing flashy um but i don't mean that in a bad way they get they move their way down the field averaging 32 points a game um so they're doing something right but yeah they're you know you look at them you're not going to see these huge statistics large stats and big um you know big plays they're just you know respectful team that just moves their way down the field and gets the job done and
0: that was my initial thought just kind of you know watching a little bit of them on film and i'd seen a little bit of their durant game while we were preparing for last week but you know yeah statistics wise and just you know some of those things that, you know, you're looking at for the ESPN Sports Center type stuff, you know, it's just not there because it's not a flashy team, but they're just a good all-around team. They play good defense, they block well, they run hard, and they've got great special teams. I talked about that last week as well, and, you know, they're going to be a team that, you know, we have to punt it, we'll kick it deep, we'll take field position, we'll, you know, we'll chunk away six, eight, ten yards to our advantage, and then we'll be able to drive down the field. I mean, Yeah, it's not flashy, but it is just, I mean, it's good, fundamental, solid football that they play. And so, I mean, yes, you got to keep your eye on Kelker, number 13, because he's a dynamite wide receiver. He's been playing for several years up there as well. He's a speedster. I mean, I think he had, what, 200 yards and three touchdowns against Wilton last week. Um, But aside from that, it's just, they find ways to just chip away at you. So you just got to be able to stand in there. I mean, it's almost, you know, the cliche of a heavyweight boxing match. Just who's going to be able to absorb some of these blows and then land something that knocks the other guy down for a little bit to be able to crack that scoreboard.
2: Taking some numbers here, guys, Nick Offerman touchdown, total touchdowns for district five. He is number one in that category with 18 touchdowns, number one in passing touchdowns at 11, number three in rushing touchdowns with seven total 18. Menster is in second And we're going to stop right there. Receiving touchdowns, (laughs) Trent Kelker, as you brought him up, Trent Kelker leads the district with six receiving touchdowns. Uh, They don't list anybody at number two, and then number three is Elliot Naughton, at with three receiving touchdowns, tied with a few other guys, including a couple gentlemen, one gentleman from Wilton. But Naughton is a name you need to remember, not just on offense, as I just talked about him. Uh, with his receiving prowess. But defensively, that is a guy you really, really... By the way, Kelker leads the district in receptions with 28. But Naughton is the guy you need to watch out for on defense. As I believe, if, if my memory serves, that he may lead the district in tackles for loss.
0: He's got seven of them
2: coming in. I don't yeah. know where
0: that's at in the district,
2: but... That's quite a few. That's quite a few. But guys, I this is a this is a team. Yeah, you guys watched you watched some film, Steven. I know Matt you did as well, but man, it's not flashy. It doesn't have to be. No, it doesn't. They they're winning. They're undefeated in the district. It's not flashy, but last last week, 275 passing yards and five passing touchdowns from their quarterback. And yet they didn't rush for the they didn't really rush for that many yards. And they didn't need to. They had what, 276 passing yards to just 86 rushing yards. But they won. That's all they need to do.
0: And that's what I say. I mean, they they take what the other team's going to give you, and they just find ways to stay methodical, stay patient. I mean, that Durant game that they played, it was back and forth, back and forth. But, you know, they just they got the big plays when they needed it. They got the stops when they needed it. And they've got the points on the board when they needed it. So, yeah. It, it's not going to be one of those, hey, you have to circle – this stud running back, or you have to look out for this quarterback that does everything. It's you got to look out for those 11 guys out there that play together as a unit and take care of business.
1: Yeah. For, for West branch, I think what they're, they're going to need to do Friday is, you know, Offerman coming in, um, you know, averaging um, a little over one interception per game. And I think, you know, with how opportunistic and good this bears defense has been, I think, um, you know, the whole team is going to need to capitalize off of a potential interception there. Um, you know, you get that ball, you go down the field and you, you better put it in the end zone um, because that's just going to be um, kind of a backbreaker for the Blazers. And that's, that's a large um, uncle Mo swing and point swing and all that kind of stuff. And similarly, you know, Gavin is going to need to play smart football as well. Um, and i let the Blazer defense pick him off because um, they've, they've had five interceptions through five games uh, themselves. So, um, and just giving up 23 points per game. So it's, it's going to be important for, yeah, the West branch defense to, to keep an eye on Offerman, um, both as he's throwing it and running it, um, and then capitalize on, on any opportunities that they're able to, to, to get
2: in a game that is Steven, your favorite thing. It's going to be what kind of a game knock
0: down, drag out. This is going to be a slugfest, man.
2: It's going to be a slugfest. It's going to be a close. You're not going to see one team win this game by three touchdowns, four touchdowns. It's not going to be that kind of game. It's going to be a close game, which in a close game, what's going to play a key role? When you're close, what the one that third phase of the game special teams. is going to play a very key role. And if you look at the special teams for these two teams, maybe there's a reason why they're at the top of the table in this district.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: We've talked about Cale Federlin and his successes. Logan Burchard, I brought him up last week as the second leading field goal kicker in Class 1A. He has the most touchbacks, kickoffs, of anybody in the district. He is a very good punter. He also has the most extra points of anybody in the district. And one thing, speaking of special teams, that is an incredible statistic... The Blazers are the only team to force Wilton to actually kick an extra point. They did it last week.
0: I noticed that watching the that? film. They had I, Wilton had two extra points and didn't they have a field goal in there too?
2: They did. I couldn't believe it. So they will impose their will upon your special teams too. That's <laughs> how good their special teams are. No, but really. Burchard is a is a pretty special player. Oh, those touchbacks,
0: yeah. but I mean his other kick, I mean he's got some height, some hang oh, time yeah. to it. I mean yeah, he is a good good kicker.
2: And if you've got any coverage at all on those kind of kicks, you're going to pin teams back. And they're going to play with long fields all night. And that's what you want. That is what your team wants. So, man, it's going to be a fun one. It's going to be a beautiful night for football. According to the weather right now, it looks to be sunny all day. Oh, daytime high of around 70, 65, sorry, that day. It's a beautiful drive up there. We've been there two years ago. West Branch played there and had a little pull-away victory. I think it was 56-28 to 28 was the final as they put up a program record for total offense that night in Dyersville-Beckman. Ken, I'm not sure that's going to happen again, but it would be nice to get even close to that. And I know they've got a wonderful press box, and the the facilities are great. So looking forward to that, man.
1: I'm seeing a daytime high of
2: 78. So it changed. Yeah. All right, I like that even better. So a daytime high of 78, that means a kickoff high of, I mean, we're talking T-shirts and shorts are back. Uh, No, I doubt it. It'll be be close. Maybe for you guys up there in the press box. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But we're looking forward to it. And if you're from Dyersville, Beckham, and we're listening to it, we sure look forward to a spirited game. And I know you treated all of us. You treated the BearCast team very well a couple years ago. The team was treated very well. And it's going to be a great football game. And it decides the district champion. It decides the district champion.
1: Before we move on, let's talk about that. Let's talk about some scenarios there.
2: Well, here's the scenario. Matt put down on our table of contents of discussion, and I'm going to just give you this question, Stephen. Should be a pretty easy answer. How can the Bears win the district?
0: Just win, baby. Just win. Just win, win,
2: baby. That's it. Period.
0: You know, I'm curious how this is going to work because, okay, so you've got us that's down a game in the district. We've played this, you know, we've played a full schedule but we missed one of our district games. So, we're sitting at what are we? 2 and 1 in the district right now. Yes. So, just for hypotheticals, let's just assume West Branch wins. So, okay. we go 3 and 1. Beckman is 4 and 1. Cascade beats Durant. Cascade suddenly becomes I'm trying to remember, are they 3 and 1 or 4 and 1? Would they they got one. We'll just go with the one loss. We'll, but we'll, they would have. We'll use that. They're but, three and one currently. So they're currently three and one. So that would put them would also four at four and one. and one. Yes. So then you would have the three headed monster that A beats B, who beats C, who beats A. But we're sitting there with one fewer game in the district. Right. How does that play into things?
2: Funny you mentioned that. You would have I a three way
0: actually... tie and have th- you know, co district champions, Correct. but. They would have the higher winning percentage.
2: Yep. Here's the thing, I actually looked into that, and I talked about it with Coach Butch Peterson on the phone earlier today. The state labels it like this when you go to their preseason the on the website postseason you know manual. There are three criteria for deciding all of this. One, you go to district finish that for home games. Who's going to get the home game? You go to district finish. Well, they all finish number one, right, in that scenario. Is that correct? Second, second is head-to-head. Well, as you just said, A beat B, beat, beat C, C beat A. And then the third criteria. 17-point rule? No. <laughs> Even better. Even better than that. For 2020, something good is going to happen in favor of West Branch. And and I put on the table of contents. Here's how the playoffs can work in favor of West Branch. It's going to go to the third factor. And the person that the team that wins the tiebreaker is what? Look at the alphabet, boys. Oh, jeez. The last, reverse this year. The reverse out the last in the alphabet. And that's how it's going to work out for home field all the way through the playoffs if you are if you are a district winner, so your district finishes one, playing against somebody that's one. You are going to get the home game if you're at the bottom of the alphabet. So if West Branch wins on Friday, West Branch could be, in in theory, if they were to win out through to at least the quarterfinals, West Branch would be home until the Dome. That's it. That's what the state state book said. So the other game doesn't matter because coronavirus is taken into effect into the conversation.
0: So they're not going to... They're not going to penalize us that we would have nope. a 75% winning percentage. The other two teams would have an 80% winning percentage.
2: That's correct. Okay. That's that's how I read it in the, in the state book, the state preseason manual for the postseason. And because they know a lot of things were going to happen this year, so that's just the way it goes.
0: <laughs> I mean, what it all boils down to is – we just need to go up and take care of business against Beckman. That's right. And then it'll fall into place from there. So really it doesn't matter if we're home or away because we played six straight home or six straight road games to close out the season. So you if bet. we have to go on the road again, we'll just do whatever it is. Cause you know what? These fields are all going to be a hundred yards by 54 yards. You're going to have 12 minutes on the clock. You're going to have a football. You're going to have 11 guys against 11 guys, wherever it may be.
2: Yeah. And it I appreciate you bringing up kind of a uh, Coach Norm Dale from Hoosiers. Uh, sort <laughs> of the the court still this far, and you know we could be the Ricky Nelson traveling man, or is it the Almond Brothers traveling man? We could be it all, but we've been traveling. It's no hill for a climber. That's what it is. Friday, it's Dyersville, it's West Branch, it's for the district championship, and it's gonna be a it's gonna be a tough ticket. It's going to be a great ticket. It's hopefully going to be a great football game. Before we move on, let's hear from our sponsor, Fidelity Bank & Trust.
1: Score big with the mobile banking app from Fidelity Bank & Trust. With mobile banking, you not only keep track of your account transactions, you can deposit a check, transfer between accounts, check your balance, and pay your bills. Fidelity Bank & Trust knows life has you running So why not take your banking with you and score with Fidelity Bank mobile banking app? Download today on the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store. Your hometown bank. Member FDIC.
2: Picks to click. Matt, I'm just going to let you take over.
1: All right, last week, Jason, you had Jeff Bowie. He ended up with two tackles in one sack. Uh, I had uh, Cole Bailey... Three and a half tackles for him. Steven, you had Cale Fetterlin. Um, he had six tackles, a half a tackle for loss, and one interception.
2: The Bears win, so we all win. <laughs> that always Steven. Now you're good with the program. Yep. Um,
1: yeah, so for this week, I, I, I'm up first. Um, I wanted to go with Kale Federlin again, but I can't because he's one of our one-timers. I just think... Uh, now this is his you're playing on the field turf again. He probably wants to kind of redeem himself after missing a couple there uh, when we played at uh Solon. And he also has a chance to I mean not that it necessarily matters, but it's I think it's a good it's indicative of his success as being a top in the record books as far as number of field goals made in a career. And so I'd like to take Fed Kale, but I can't. So I'm going to take a different one-timer, Gavin Hiresman, I mean Gavin Hirschman, uh, this week.
2: Who's next? Steven Grace. That's me.
0: Um, I'm trying to think. I've used Gavin and I've used Kale, right? Those are the only two one-timers I've used. Correct. My pick is going to be Andy Henson, unless I've taken him, and I don't think I have. But I just think the way you things have gone... Have not okay. I think just the way though, that, uh, this team is coming together offensively, but also defensively. I mean, Andy, I think that's the thing that got overlooked a little bit from Friday night. Yeah. He had 170 rushing yards, but he also was in the backfield quite a bit. He was wreaking havoc on the quarterback and then also dropping back into coverage at times. And so he's really maturing on that side of the ball too. So I just feel good about him, uh, coming up with some of the big opportunities on Friday.
2: Yeah, I had Jeff Spicoli typed in. <laughs> um, so I guess Gnarly I can't take waves, him. That's, man. Yeah, that's Andy Henson. As I put a tweet out last week that with, with that hair he's got going right now, he and Spicoli could have been separated at birth. So we're gonna switch it. Uh, Matt's gone. Gavin, steven has gone. Andy. Is this the week of the one timers? No. This is the week of the. This is the week of the big timers. And Stephen, I. I was going to bring this gentleman up last week or earlier in the program, but you did because obviously he stood out because he's a standout and he's going to need to be again this week. And that's Mr. Buell. Jack Buell is my pick to click. Good answer. Good answer. (laughs) Good answer. (laughs) Survey says, let's wrap it all up. And we can't wrap it up. We can't even do all these things that we just love to do. Without a word from our sponsors, without their sponsorships, it wouldn't be possible.
1: The Talking Bear Football Podcast for the 2020 season is presented by Barnhart's Custom Services, Cornerstone Real Estate Consultants, Corridor Drywall, EMS Detergent Services, Fidelity Bank and Trust, the Fullwider Insurance Agency, Hodge Construction, the Hoover Presidential Foundation, Liberty Communications, Main Street Suites, Marcy Willier with Urban Acres Real Estate, Touched by Power, and the West Branch Times.
2: All of our sponsors, we thank you. We also want to thank all of you that decide to follow us out there in social media land. Stephen's in social media land. Stephen, where do you go when you decide to travel into those wonderful waters in the world of social media?
0: I like to go to www... Oh, wait, no, not that one. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, twitter.com. And anything you need to know from West Branch football, just follow at WBBearsFootball. If you're on Instagram, where I know all the kids are, I uh, am dabbling with it. I'm not great with it. At WBBearsFootball. Facebook, I go there quite a bit still, Uh, not as frequently as in the past. But if I need something, I go and search West Branch football. Actually, I think I like it and follow it, so I get notifications when something pops up. So it makes it a lot quicker for me. It's a social dilemma. I know. Yeah. Um, you can go <laughs> subscribe at our YouTube channel when the highlights get posted out there, and then of course, uh, for whatever reason, if you actually enjoy hearing us Babylon for an hour every week, uh, we've got our podcast that you can go subscribe to. We've got it available Apple Podcast, Spotify, uh, any other player. Just go in, search Talking Bear Football. And we'll get you covered. Matt put show notes in to uh, kind of build off of the stuff that we've talked about so you can learn more beyond what we just say verbally. And, uh, you know, get notified, get a little ping on your phone. It says, hey, these guys are done talking. It's all put together. You can start listening.
2: That is it. That's, That's what we do, man. And next Friday when the Bears take on the Blazers, I think what we need to do is just rinse, wash, and repeat. Do it over and over like we've been doing it the last few weeks, and the Bears will be in a good, shape, a good position. But it's a quality team, and hopefully it's a quality game. We want to thank you guys again for listening, and thank you for listening to the Talking Bear Football Podcast.
1: Right here on westbranch.football.
2: Take care, everyone.